Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 21st, 2017. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And today we are wrapping up our series looking at what went right and what went wrong during the Orlando Magic season. We'll talk a little bit about the offense and kind of how that whole thing fell apart and why that was so important that it fell apart uh, for the Magic's long-term outlook, I guess. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the lessons learned and hopefully the Magic learning some of those lessons as they uh, go to their next stage of their rebuild. A lot to get to here on today's show. They're going to dive right into it. The playoff action, of course, just do a quick recap of the playoff action last night. Um, the big story, obviously, the LeBron James, another triple-double. Cleveland Cavaliers erase a 26-point deficit at halftime to defeat the Indiana Pacers and go up 3-0. It was a uh, just an incredibly impressive performance from LeBron James. Uh really single-handedly brought the Cavs back in. I wouldn't say single-handedly, but Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were on the bench the entire fourth quarter, and the and the Cavaliers came back and won that game, just um, willed them, them to victory. If, if you have any doubts about LeBron James's greatness, put those doubts to rest, because he willed his team to a victory there, and it kind of feels like it's going to send the Indiana Pacers spiraling. They're not going to win that series now. Um, they'll probably get swept. I, I don't see them coming back from a loss like this, and it brings up big questions. I mean, it started immediately after that game, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm thinking, where do you go now if you're the Pacers? I mean, Paul George is one year away from his free agency. He's got one year left on his contract. He doesn't seem particularly happy with where, where things are going. He's got all the leverage now to request a trade, and it sure seems like Indiana is going to be moving on to a rebuild Um or some some sort of shift this summer. It's going to be a very interesting summer for Indiana um, if things go as planned and, and it seems like they fall to the Cavaliers in four. Uh, just an incredible game from Cleveland. If uh, if you're looking for the Cleveland perspective, you should go listen to Locked On Cavs. They do a great job covering the Cavaliers. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies did not get rooked and they beat the San Antonio Spurs pretty handily. San Antonio didn't play a good game. Memphis had all the energy. Your typical Game 3 fair. So it's a 2-1 series. going to be very interesting to see what happens on, I think it's Saturday they play next? On Saturday, when the Grizzlies play the Spurs in Game 4. And then in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks just absolutely dominate the Toronto Raptors. We've seen Toronto get punched and punched hard in Round one before, we've seen them get back up last year. They struggled with Indiana. They went to seven games. They won that series. This sure feels different. Milwaukee is playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, As I've said, they have the best player uh, on the floor in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he is playing incredibly well right now for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks look like a team that is for real and that that can win that series um, 
not running away, but they can win that series. Game four is going to be absolutely critical for Toronto. They've got to win game four because I don't know if they'll be able to recover. Um, it, uh, it's just it's more about putting a dent in Milwaukee's confidence more than anything else. Um, but Milwaukee uh, is looking like the most impressive team in the playoffs right now. Chicago's played great, but Milwaukee has something that feels much more real than Chicago does in a lot of ways, I guess, um, because they, they, they're, they're, they're growing up. We're seeing them change into a grown-up, good NBA basketball team right in front of our eyes, and, and they're, they're a scary team for the Eastern Conference moving forward um, if everything kind of develops the way we, want, we think they will. Again, just an absolute score torture, scorcher of a game against the Toronto Raptors, um, a great win for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, as I said yesterday, as I said yesterday, um, you can get the lowdown on all these teams on the Locked On Podcast Network. So you should absolutely, absolutely check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking to learn, hear more about the Cavaliers and their crazy comeback, check out Chris Manning. He does a great job on Locked On Cavs. If you're looking for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Frank Madden, I believe, runs Locked On Bucks. They do a fantastic job there as well. Um, pretty much, really, every NBA team you want, every NBA team, except for the Nets, we'll, we'll work on that, but every NBA team is covered by the Locked On Podcast Network, so you can get the most in-depth playoff coverage, pretty much what you get from Locked On Magic from uh, on the other teams. So if you're looking to learn more about some of these playoff matchups, be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They have you completely covered. But let's dive back into the Magic here. We're wrapping up our se- our season recap series. It's been one week since the Magic season ended. And so we are finishing up our, our season recap series of what went right and what went wrong this season. And we're going to start today with what went wrong. And that is undoubtedly something that we all expected to struggle, but maybe not struggle this much. And that is the offense. The Magic coming into the season didn't have a roster built for offense. They didn't have an all-star. They were asking several young players to step up their games. They acquired a veteran that they believed could improve his play and become something more than he was before. And none of it seemed to work, predictably, perhaps. The Magic couldn't create uh, create good shots consistently. And a lot of it was just roster construction. The Magic, to start the season, had Serge Ibaka and Nikola Vucevic clogging the paint, and then Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon on the perimeter, two non-shooters. They simply could not spread the floor enough to get good attempts at the basket. It was something foreseeable. And I think a lot of us said, you know, this team's offense is going to be bad. We're, we're, we're fine with that. Because the defense is going, to be, is going to be good. It's going to create transition opportunities. It's going to get the magic out in secondary breaks and, and enable them to and, and it'll enable, enable them to stay in games that they otherwise wouldn't. And for the first quarter of the season, that really did work. That strategy really was looking okay. But ultimately, it was the offense that held the team back. It was ultimately the offense that kept the Magic from getting off to the start that they needed to get to. Consider this. In the first 21 games of the season, 
the Magic held their opponent to less than 100 points in all but seven games. Realize that this is one of the best offensive seasons that we've seen in the NBA in a couple decades. The Magic started off the year dominant on the defensive end. They were not giving up a lot of points. Yet, despite all this, they were 9-12. and They had a 101.2 defensive rating, which was 5th in the league through 21 games, and they were 9-12. and Not a bad record, but certainly not where the Magic needed to be. Because among those 21 games, the Magic lost 87-74 to the Utah Jazz. They lost 88-69 to the Indiana Pacers. They lost 93-89 to the Milwaukee Bucks. They lost 92-87 to the Phoenix Suns. They had the third worst offense at 97.9 points per 100 possessions. And they only scored 100 points four times in the first 21 games. At least through the first quarter of the season, the Magic's defense was absolutely fine. It was dominant. It gave them a chance to win games. If you can't win games when you're giving up less than 95 points, there is a much deeper problem at play. And that was apparent early on in the season. That the offense was holding the defense back. And so when the defense finally collapsed in early December, the floodgates opened. Orlando lost games regularly by 30 points. I think it was I think they finished 6 games, 7 games, 8 games losing by 30 or more points. Had a few that they snuck back under 30 at the very end. When those floodgates opened, the Magic had nothing to rely on anymore. And I think it's safe to say that the Magic's not their biggest mistake because their defense was not good enough. And that's what they put all their money on. But I think a big mistake for the Magic was that their offense did not function at even a basic level. It did not even meet the low expectations that we had entering the season. We knew this was going to be a bad offensive team. We didn't think it would be this bad to the point where they regularly, at at the beginning of the season couldn't score 95 points. Again, that is a huge problem. And I do think that at a certain point it became our defense doesn't matter because we can't score enough to to take advantage of it. And so I think even Frank Vogel admitted this at one point um, in the middle of the season that at a certain point, they began drilling offense a lot more and the defense slipped and they could never get it back once it started slipping. That's where things collapsed. It's easy to say we're going to be a defensive team, but you still need to score. That is the point of the game, after all. And not only is it the point of the game, players, there is a psyche of making shots makes things easier. And so when you're not making shots, it's harder to stay committed on the defensive end. And I think that is what happened with the Magic this year. I think they saw how much they were struggling on offense, and they could not stay committed to the defensive end like they needed to stay committed to the defensive end. 
Things improved slightly after the All-Star break, of course. The Magic started playing a much more open game, and it did look, and aesthetically at least, the offense looked better. But they had a 102.9 offensive rating, which was still 26 in the league. They weren't killing everybody offensively. But if you have a 102.9 offensive rating with the defense that the Magic were playing, you have a positive net rating, number one. And number two, you're probably hovering around 500. You're keeping yourself in games. The Magic didn't need much on the offensive end, is, is what I'm getting at. They really didn't need much. They just needed to be able to rely on, on that to score. Just enough. Get to 100 points. 100 or so points. With the way the Magic played defense at the beginning of the season, that should have been enough. And they couldn't even hit that. And so by the time they started getting around to fixing the offense, it was too late. The, the dam had burst. And the team was done playing defense for the year. And so I think it became more apparent as the season went on and as the offensive numbers got crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier. It became more apparent that in this day and age, you probably need to build an offensive team and trust that you can coach defense. With Frank Vogel, you certainly trust that your team can coach defense. And that might be where the Magic are at as they try to build moving forward. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And as we talk about building forward, so many things went wrong this year for the Magic. And obviously, Rob Hennigan is, is gone now. So many things seemed to go wrong, and, and it was tough to find things to talk about that went right for this team. You could kind of tell a lot of things we discussed on the podcast this week were trying to find silver linings to things that went wrong. Aaron Gordon playing the three was a gamble that did not work, but it became more than apparent that he is a power forward in this day and age. Alfred Payton struggled for most of the season, but the way he played down the stretch was a positive sign for the Magic that, that they found a style that could work for him and can work for this team. All those things that we talked about all week that seemed to be positives came with a dark side to them too. Because more things went wrong this year than went right. And so... Moving forward now with with a new general manager coming in at some point, we have to ask, what are the lessons we learned from this season? I'm sure I just talked about one of them. Not to put all your eggs into one basket. You need to build a functioning complementary, complementary team. You can't just say, we're going to get a bunch of really good defensive players and expect that to work. Not in today's NBA. You can't go big and not have shooting. You can play big in the NBA today. I, I do believe that. But you've got to have shooting. 
and the fours probably got to be able to shoot too. And so the roster they built with Serge Ibaka there did not work because Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton are not shooters. Shooting has become a lot more valuable, has is always valuable, but has become much more valuable in today's NBA. The other thing they learned is if you're going to play a spread fast breaking style, you got to have spread fast breaking players. That means shooters. That means athletes. That means you're going small. And I think the Magic learned that they can play that way, and I think they will play small ball the rest of the, the moving forward for the foreseeable future. I don't think they'll go out and find a, a traditional power forward to play power forward. Aaron Gordon's going to be the power forward. That works. 16 points per game after the All-Star break. It works. And whatever positives he gained from playing the small forward position are going to help him be even better as a power forward. Again, we talked about that early, earlier this week. I think a big thing they learned is they have to spend wisely. They have to be smart about where they put their resources. They put a lot of money into Bismack, Biombo, and DJ Augustin with the cap room they created from the Tobias Harris trade. And both are essentially backup players. Biombo can certainly start. I'm not saying he, he shouldn't start. But, I mean, I talked a little bit about Biombo's shortcomings yesterday. And we know that he doesn't give you much offensively. And so if you don't have an offensively geared lineup around Biombo, his weaknesses become more pronounced. And that was a big problem for the Magic this year as well. So as they move forward, they've got to make sure they bring in the right players at the right price. And that's tough in the position they're in right now. Because they're going to have to overpay to convince people to take a chance on them. The other thing I think they learned, and most of us learned, is that rebuilds don't have a timeline. They do take patience. And if you try to do everything in one year, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to take too many risks. And some of those risks are going to fail. And when enough of them fail, you have a season like this. No one, absolutely no one, is satisfied with the 29-53 and 53 season. Everyone expected this team to be better. At the beginning of the year, I did not think the Magic would make the playoffs. But I did think they'd get better. I thought they had more talent. I thought they'd go from 35 to 40 wins and miss the playoff by, playoffs by like two or three games. That didn't seem unreasonable to think. But at the same time, I recognized their weaknesses. I, I think at the time I said I, th- I put their, their win total somewhere between 32 and 42. You can go back and check me on that. I'm going to probably go back and look at some of our roundtables to figure that figure that out too. There was definitely a chance to do something with this group. This group was not some washed up group. It was just a poor fit in the end. And because the Magic pushed all their chips in, they find themselves kind of backed into a corner right now, unable to figure out the best way out. And that's going to be a tough task for the new GM because there are still marching orders to, to win. To win, The Magic aren't going to start over from scratch. They're not going to start from the very beginning. They're going to try and make the team better. 
It may not mean they are saying 2018 playoffs are bust. But it does mean they expect to make progress toward the playoffs sooner rather than later. But they've got to stay patient with it. They can't give up on their young players, and they've got to compliment them. And that's the biggest lesson from this season. Is the Magic did not compliment their players. They continued to be in asset collection mode. Let's get good players, and we can figure it out from there. If you're trying to make the playoffs, you need to find ways to make the players you have better. And have them make each other better. And as I said, that didn't happen. The non-shooters made it tough for Bismack Biombo. The clog lane made it tough for Alfred Payton. Aaron Gordon wasn't ready to play on the perimeter. They made a lot of gambles. And it seemed like all those gambles blocked the players that they had on their roster already. And made it harder for them to do what makes them special. And that's how you end up with the 29-win season. A season that it's probably as disappointing as any season in Magic history. But at least now we get to celebrate the fruits of that disappointing season. It's time once again, as we finish off the week, for our hashtag one lottery per day. We're going to run our draft lottery here on Tankathon. Uh, so if you want to play along, go ahead. Send a, send me your, your, uh, your lotteries. Um, your lottery runs, use the hashtag one lottery per day. Send them to me at Locked On Magic as well as at Omagic Daily. And let's run the lottery. Drum roll, please. Today, today's draft lottery is a good one. With the first pick, the Boston Celtics. We'll give it to them. They're about, they're about to get swept out of the playoffs. Second pick, the Philadelphia 76ers. And with the third pick in the draft, we get the Orlando Magic. The second time in our five days that the Magic have gotten the third pick in the draft. And that does, of course, mean the Magic also get the Lakers pick. That's four times out of five days this week that the Magic have gotten the Lakers pick. So maybe maybe that's a good sign. I think people have shown me some lotteries, and essentially I say as long as the Magic don't fall to seven, if the Magic can kind of stay at the 5 or 6 spot and get the Lakers pick, I think it'll be an okay lottery for, for the Magic. Uh, uh, those are my expectations. 5 or 5th or 6th and get the Lakers pick. You, I'm not going to be upset if they don't. You can't control this stuff. But at the same time, uh, you know, it would be beneficial for the Magic to get, uh, get, to get that Lakers pick in 2019. So, again, today's one lottery per day. Boston Celtics 1, Philadelphia 2, Orlando 3, Magic get the 2019 Lakers pick. Good week for the Magic. We had two third picks, one second pick, one first pick. Fell to the seventh pick once. Philadelphia gets the first pick twice. Magic get the Lakers pick four times in five days. We'll be keeping track of all this uh, as we get closer and closer to the May 16th NBA Draft Lottery. I'll post um, a one lottery per day for the weekend as well. 25 days away from the NBA, 26 days away from the NBA draft lottery. So get excited because lottery practice makes lottery perfect. So send me your draft lotteries using the hashtag one lottery per day. Just do it once now. Don't go crazy. I, I, I see you, Lando. Um, just, do, just do your lottery once. Use the hashtag one lottery per day. And uh, 
send them to me on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as on Twitter at OMagicDaily. Of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic where I post the companion articles um, to what we talk about on the show. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily as well as on Twitter at OMagicDaily. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on on Audioboom, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listen device. Be sure to check out, again, all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Um, every team in the NBA is covered. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more about what the Houston Rockets are going to do to slow down Russell Westbrook, you check out Locked On Rockets. If you want to learn about how the Utah Jazz are coping without Rudy Gobert, you check out Locked On Jazz. If you want to see what the Boston Celtics have in store for the Chicago Bulls, you check out Locked On Celtics. Every team is covered in depth every day with the playoffs in full swing. I definitely suggest you check out some of their some of those great podcasts covering those teams. That's going to do it for me this week. I want to thank you all again for listening and, and going through what went right, what went wrong. Next week, we start our player evaluations up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, so I'll be talking about a, ma- a different Magic player every single day next week. Uh, and evaluating them and their season. So lots still to get to as we recap the 2017 season and get ready for the offseason, which is coming very, very fast. May May 6th, 8th, whatever it is, May 6th when the NBA draft combine begins is going to be here before we know it. So we'll have plenty to talk about uh, as we get, begin diving into this offseason. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, have a great weekend. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again Monday on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.